0: Welcome to the Cochrane Community Church podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us, and we look forward to how Jesus will impact your life through this message. See, at Cochrane Community Church, our mission is simple we want to share the love of Jesus so that our families, our community, the next generation, and the world will know Him as Savior. And this means that we strive to be a loving, Christ centered community of believers. We just want to say thank you so much again. Taking the time to tune into this episode. And at this time, please sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode.
1: Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. Amen. Great words to sing this morning as we gather here together. Gather at home wherever you happen to be watching, and just glad you're here. We can worship together and, and sing praises. First of all, we proclaimed who we are in Jesus Christ, right? the first song and then uh, who he is, and, and then we just give him worship. Praise the name of the Lord our God. Great, great stuff. Thank you for that, worship team. Uh, glad you're here, like I said, either in person or online, as we dig into the Word of God together um, in our study called Weird. Talking about being weird because normal isn't working. Normal doesn't work. So we got to be weird, not weirdos, but weird. And last week was another challenging subject I heard from several of you, uh, like being convicted for what the Word of God has to say. And I know, me too. Remember, I told you that uh, as I preach these messages, as we get into this, um, I'm speaking to myself, I'm preaching to myself, and I'm learning and, uh, and growing, and, and this stuff's convicting me too. Because God's Word does that. It's active and alive, and uh, it just does that. It convicts, and it changes. And it makes us more like Jesus Christ the more that we study it and the more that we study it together. And uh, last week, you know, we did talk about uh, how it's pretty normal to live for the praise of others, worry to death about what other people think. As in the fear of man, and that's what that is, the fear of man. I'm just worried about what everybody else thinks or worried about this, worried about that. and Impress this person or whatever that happens to be. But weird, as we we learned is living in the fear of the Lord. and That doesn't mean being scared to death that he's going to squash us with a fly swatter. It's not that. It's about fear is in respect and in response to who he is and what he thinks of us. That's the thing. We've got to get our worth, our self-worth from who God says we are. Not who our neighbor says we are, not who our co-worker says we are, but who God says we are and what he thinks of us. And we also learned that uh, this people-pleasing is a form of idolatry. It really is. We worry so much about what people think or, or whatever it is, and, and all of us struggle with that. All of us do, and, and it's all a process. I talk every week. It's a process. It's a process. We're not going to get it all perfect and get it all right and do it all 100%. It's not that. It's a process. But when we can be aware of how God is moving in our lives and how he's convicting us and moving us along the road to full devotion, that, that's what it's about, when we can be aware and understand the work that he's doing. And as I started start every week, and I'll start again this week, it's this, my behavior must reflect my Savior. I know, you guys should have already, who, who filled that in already before I said it? Yeah, some of you did. Good. What if I changed it? Huh? What if I changed it? Maybe next week I'll change it. I might. My behavior must reflect my Savior. And quite honestly, that's been the bottom line of our entire series. And should be the bottom line of our faith as well. And behavior that, that reflects our Savior is not normal in our society, and actually, it's weird. It's weird, and of course, believers are called to be weird. I said that a minute ago, not weirdos, you know, don't be a weirdo, but weird, different, peculiar, as the Apostle Peter said, uncommon, set apart in the world, not of the world, different with our time, with our resources, different with our devotion to our Savior. And this is about the journey that we are all on together to be made in the image of Jesus Christ going up the stairs to the upper room in our full devotion as we work together as a church body to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, taking responsibility for our spiritual growth, taking responsibility for our spiritual growth, taking our walk with Jesus to new levels of full devotion up the stairs. And all of this is a process. It is. It's a process. You know, part of full devotion, part of becoming a fully devoted follower is is serving our community and being out there, letting people see who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. This is a church body that takes serving our community very seriously. And I want to encourage you to be a part of our serving uh, opportunity we have next Saturday as part of this whole full devotion thing. We have Serving Saturday next uh, next Saturday morning. Obviously, it's Saturday. We're going to do work here. We're going to do our work on the road. we got some projects that need done. And this is for us. This is for our church body as we show our devotion to Jesus Christ, as we do stuff weird that other people. Why are you guys walking along the highway in the rain when it's 30 degrees? Because we want to serve our community. We're weird. <laughs> and that is weird. I've done it. It's weird. You should do it. It's fun. So we have opportunities for next week to uh, sign up. Let's let's show. Let's let's, uh, support our ministry, support our church, and support our community by being a part of Serving Saturday next week. It's for us to show our love to Jesus Christ to others. There's so many different ways to do that around here. So I wanted to mention that before I forgot. And you could sign up out at the welcome counter for uh, serving next week, which is all part of our full devotion. Serving is part of that. It's part of being a fully devoted follower of Jesus, making a difference in the world around us, and serving others with our time, our talents, treasures. And that's weird. It's weird. It's not every day a group of people get together go to somebody's house and do yard work for them, is it? Or clean up the highway. It's weird. And I think you're all weird, so uh, we all need to be a part of that next week. So do that. Turn with me to Ephesians 5. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about weirdness. Let's talk about being fully devoted. Ephesians is an amazing letter by the Apostle Paul written to the church that he started in Ephesus. And it's only six chapters long, but it's absolutely hugely influential in our understanding of the gospel and specifically the church. And Paul talks about worship, he talks about prayer, he talks about grace and Christian maturity and his teaching on Christian and his teaching on Christian living and who we are as new creations takes us up to chapter 5 where we're going to be today. Ephesians chapter 5. It's only 6 chapters. If you haven't done so lately, read through this. Take notes, underline, scribble, highlight. All that because it's really, really, really good stuff. And we've, we've done a series on it here before. It was a while ago, but we did. So he talks about all the stuff about uh, Christian living, really about growing in our faith and, and and living as believers, and it gets up to chapter 5 and to our subject today. And here he begins, chapter 5. We're going to get right into it. Verse 1 says this. Follow God's example. What have we been talking about? Look you at your first fill-in the top. <laughs> My behavior must reflect my Savior. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, look at this, verse 2, and walk in the way of what? Love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as, fragrant, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Familiar passage to some of you. Important, important passage of Scripture. Paul talks extensively about Christian behavior in chapter 4. You could read that. Put off your old self. Put on the new self. Created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. Then he goes here. Then he says, therefore, because of all that I just said, because of how we are to do this, because we are to uh, uh, put off the old self and put on the new self, therefore, because of all of that, follow God's example. Imitate him. And this is an action. This is something to do. Don't just read your Bible, for instance. Do what it says. Do what it says. It's an action. And Paul uses the Greek word here for love, where he says, where he says walk in the way of love. That's agape. You've heard that word. Some of you have. It's a Greek word, agape. And it's different than, I love pizza. Because I love pizza. I do. It's my favorite thing, pizza. I love pizza. And fudge. Yeah, I love fudge, too and it's different than saying, boy, do I love pizza. It's not that. The word for love here is sacrificial, listen, unselfish, unconditional love that proves itself through actions in everything you do. It's a little bit different than I love love your neighbor. It's the same word, but do you see the definition here? Think about those that you may not think Worthy of that kind of love. We all have those. That's serious love. That's God kind of love. Sacrificial, unselfish, unconditional love that proves itself through actions. Number one, walk in the way of unconditional love. That's weird. People don't do that. People don't speak to family members for years or won't hang around with somebody, won't be in the same room with somebody or won't do this, won't do that. They look at people that live different lifestyles of them as scorns. Where's that agape love? He's not saying pick and choose who you're going to love. He doesn't say that. Pick and choose who works for you, who's in your circle. Agape them, but, but not, 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 the, not the person next door that lives different than you do. Not, not them. Unconditional love. Walk. God is your father and loves you so much he sent his son to pay for your sins as a sacrifice. And as a child imitates his parents, of course, we're not going to sacrifice anybody here. As the text says, believers should imitate their heavenly father in this particular way. Walk in the way of love. Walk. Follow Jesus' Jesus's example. Walk. What's that mean? How you go about your day-to-day interactions, your actions, your behavior, your lifestyle, your relationships—all of this is your walk. And Paul uses it three times in the Book of Ephesians. We know that. We know how that is an analogy for how we live our life. Your walk, your day-to-day. And one author is saying that that. Uh, Uh, That sacrificial, unselfish, unconditional, agape love is to characterize the Christian's daily progress along the road of life. Daily progress along the road. Progress. I love that. That's the word, progress. That kind of unconditional love for others has got to characterize the weird behavior of Christians because it doesn't happen in the world around us, does it? It's hard, too, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard. The perfect example of that is God giving his son Jesus Christ, as the text says. And the thing is, Jesus, being obedient to the Father, let it happen. Talk about unconditional, sacrificial love. Right? But guess what? As Paul talks about the love of Jesus, talks about sacrificial love, talks about agape love, talks about his father, and we need to be that way. We need to walk in this love. He like slams on the brakes and switches gears because something's bugging him. And he says, this is really bugging me, guys. This is really bugging me. Switches gears. Gotta love, gotta love. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dear the children, walk in the way of love. He's talking love, just as Jesus Christ loved us and gave himself us. Then he switches gears. Look at verse 3. But... This is really bugging me. This is Paul talking. I'm making it up. It's not in there. This is really bugging me. Among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. But rather, Thanksgiving, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say it. That's what he's saying. For all of this, you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, we just talked about idolatry a minute ago, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. What's that mean? Basically, you can't be a believer if this is the way you are. How can you be? Author Francis Folk said that suddenly we turn from the contemplation of the self-giving, sacrificial Butterflies and unicorns, love of Christ, to love's perversion and adultery and uh, abuse of sexuality. He really slams on the brakes and switches gears here. I think that's interesting. I swear, to me, I just hear him saying, this is bugging me. I got to get this off my chest. You see, Paul knew the dangers in which his readers would have been engrossed in in living in Ephesus, okay? Because Ephesus uh, was the home of the fertility goddess, Artemis. And you Google that once to see what kind of society they lived in. And Paul goes there and plants a church in the middle of this craziness that they had going on there. just decadence. He doesn't care. He goes there and plants a church. And people become believers. Paul switches from the agape love of Christ to the perversion of love which is taking place all around them. And he's, he's talking what? About behavior issues here. He's talking about sexual immorality, impurity, greed, coarse joking. He's saying all of this is out of place for a believer. And guess what? Much of that behavior is considered normal today, isn't it? It's normal. If you're not a Christ follower, who cares? He says, but among you, but among you, among Christ followers, among believers, those of us who are weird imitators, who are walking the steps of agape love to full devotion. He says, not even a hint of sexual immorality or greed. These are improper for believers. And this is all about what? Being different, weird, set apart. Because normal two thousand years ago in Ephesus, as is as now today, in the United in the world in two thousand and twenty two, normal is this: number two, sexual immorality, impurity, and greed. Normal. I start with sexual immorality. Because if you're in a life group, you're going to really be talking about this a lot. Because that's what Pastor Craig talks a lot about on the DVD this week or on the, the video that you watch. And the word Paul uses for sexual immorality is a Greek word, pornea. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The word pornography comes from that. But pornea is a general term. It's a general term, and it means this, any sexual indulgence outside the permanent relationship of marriage. So that's what he's talking about here, anything. Covers the gamut. Premarital sex, pornography, affairs, lust, divorce, living together before marriage, all of this stuff that unfortunately our culture glorifies. And that's what Paul is referencing here. And Then impurity. What's that mean? Impurity is all the stuff that goes along with the sexual sins, like like pornography, X-rated movies, bad movies, lost magazines, TV shows. You name it. It's it's about indecency that feeds lust. And you see, this stuff might not have been seen as particularly immoral in Ephesus two thousand years ago. Why would why you know why would it? They were believers. They. They were pagans. They worshiped a statue of Artemis that was in there. They had a huge temple. I think the temple was actually bigger than the one in Greece. What's the one in Greece called? The Acropolis. What's the big temple in Greece? Athens. It's bigger than that one. Whatever that one is called. But just like today, though, right? Who cares? Who cares if you're having an affair? I knew a person, it was a friend of mine a long time ago who was married and always had a girlfriend. It was normal. It was just a normal thing. He was married, but he always had a girlfriend on the side. It was just, nobody thought nobody said anything to him about it. I mean, we felt terrible for his wife. But he didn't care. It's normal, who cares? If you're addicted to pornography, who cares? I'm not hurting anybody. If I had premarital sex, it's normal. Who cares? It's none of your business. But see, Jesus' followers are not normal. That's the point. That's the point Paul's making here. And then he puts greed right up there with the others. What's that? Well, greed can play into the whole thing, can't it? Greed, and the Greek word for for, uh, greed that's used here is pleonexia, and it means the reprehensible desire to acquire, coveting that which is not yours like someone else's wife or someone on a computer screen. You see, sexual addictions are idolatry and greed, and and it's all about coveting that, which you shouldn't have, which are not yours. Oh, man, as I was looking at this, this is... If you are in a life group, you'll see this on your video this week because Pastor Craig shared these statistics He said this. He said, first of all, don't think you're immune. Okay? Don't think you're immune. 65% of husbands and 55% of wives commit adultery before the age of 40. That's pretty typical. 68% of divorce cases involve one party meeting a new lover online. I didn't know that. Did you know that? 56% of divorce cases Involved one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic websites. 40 million adults visit porn sites regularly. Staggering. Staggering. And we wonder why we're in the place that we are in our society today. Because Jesus is just not present. Look at this right here, it's research. Among adolescents, pornography hinders the development of a healthy sexuality, and among adults, it distorts sexual attitudes and social realities. In families, pornography use leads to marital dissatisfaction, infidelity, separation, and divorce. And it's not no surprise. What is terrible is that's considered normal in our society, and nobody cares. A huge percentage of our population could care less. Just turn on your TV. Let's turn on. I know I'm really preaching it today, huh? On my soapbox. But here's our application. I know this is heavy stuff, right? But we are called to be different. Can't hide. Can't hide from what's going on in the society around us. Paul couldn't. Paul had to address it. It was bugging him. If you go back up to the beginning of verse 3, he says what? But among you, but among you believers, not even a hint. Not a hint of any of this stuff. You don't participate in that? Nope. Why not? Because I follow Jesus Christ. In some translations it says, let it not be named among you if you are a Christ follower. And maybe you're saying, "Well, John, I, this isn't me. I, I'm not. I'm not having an affair, and I'm, I'm not addicted to porn on my computer or anything. It's not me." But maybe, maybe you walk the fine line of temptation. Maybe it's someone you know. Maybe it's it's one of your kids or one of your spouses that you're worried about their behavior and and, and being involved in things that they shouldn't be involved in. Maybe all you can do right now is cover those you love who could get into this mess with prayer and encouragement, living your life as an example, which is what Paul said at the beginning, right? Living our lives as examples. No, no, we don't do that. We don't participate in that. No, we're not a part of that. People must see the imitation of Jesus in our life. Paul said, not even a hint, not even a hint. Not even a hint, of course, joking, telling dirty jokes. Watch your language, not even a hint. And nobody's immune. Look at 1 Peter 5:8. Be alert and sober minded And pay attention. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking, looking for you. Looking for you. <laughs> That's a scary verse, isn't it? That verse is scary. I just have that picture of him prowling around. And number three there, not even a hint. That's weird. Not even a hint. Say that with me. Not even a hint. What is it? Not even. not even a hint. You just said it. Not even a hint. Of course, joking. I didn't put all that in there. Why? Scooch down. Can I say the word scooch in church? Is that a word? Scooch. Scooch down to verse 8. I love this. I love this verse right here. For you were once darkness, John Othenreith, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in what? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. I love that. Oh my, different. I love the reminder, and I need it all the time. You know what's cool about that? It says, I was once darkness. It doesn't say I was once in darkness. It says, I was darkness personified. Not I was once in darkness. No, no, no. I was darkness, darkness personified. That's normal. I viewed the world and walked in it as everyone else does. Darkness. But I'm here to tell you that now I'm pretty weird. I'm, some of you would agree with that. I'm set apart. I'm peculiar. Why? Because now I'm light in the Lord. Because Jesus loves me so much, he offered himself as a sacrifice, and I proclaim him as my Savior. I proclaim him as my Savior. I was once darkness. But now, but now, but now, you are light in the Lord. John eight twelve. Jesus says it himself. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Amen? But have the light of life love that. That's me. Because of Jesus Christ. As we follow Christ, his light shines out from our our lives. Lights the way for others to follow. See, that's the point. That is the point so that others may see Jesus Christ in us. We're different. We live different. We don't participate in the things the world participates in that are unhealthy like that. Our behavior must reflect our Savior, that's why. That's why there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality, impurity, or greed or or coarse joking, all those other things, among many other detrimental behaviors, because Paul says, live, walk as children of light. And this verse always comes up. A new creation. I'm different. I'm really a different person than I was in 1995. Totally different. Believe me. And people know that too. What happened to him? Oh, he got religion. (laughs) And I'm still in, in the process. Number four, I am light in the Lord, a new creation. and Sin must no longer have a hold on me. If you follow Jesus Christ, right here, a new creation, sin must no longer have a hold on me. If you follow Jesus Christ. It's weird to love unconditionally. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed are pretty normal these days. And it's weird to not participate in this stuff. But because I'm a believer, light in the Lord and a new creation, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. But I want to end with this today, because this has been bugging me as I thought about it over the last couple of weeks. Because all this talk about do this, don't do that, make sure you do this, don't do that, don't sin, don't walk, don't do this, don't, don't participate in that, watch this, watch that. Right? It's pretty scary, and I don't know about you, but I can't possibly live a perfect life. You see, the point of the gospel is not to make us all be afraid all the time of messing up. And, and you can feel that way, can't you? I feel that way. I think about it all the time. Oh, I can't do this. Don't do that. I can't live up to this standard. And, and I just had a conversation with a friend and, and uh, we talked about how it's easy to, it's easy to live our Christian life in constant fear that we're messing up all the time. Right? Am I right? Because we want to please God, we want to do what's right, and oh man, and the Bible says, like, don't do this, don't do that, and, and it's true, and all that. And sometimes it can cause us to have an unhealthy view of the love of Jesus Christ. Is that the point of my behavior must reflect my Savior? Is that I better behave or else? Not even a hint, as, as Paul says. Look at this. The author of Hebrews gives us a reminder. We do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. But we have one, Jesus, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin because he's perfect. Let us then, look at this, approach God's throne of grace. That's Grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God is a God of grace. What is grace? Undeserved favor. We'll never get it all right. We'll never be perfect. God knows that. That doesn't give us an excuse. But it also should give us joy in our faith. Not fear. Fear. Joy in our faith. God understands that all of this is hard. He knows we'll never live in perfect holiness. Why do you think he sent a son who gave himself up for us as we read in Ephesians 2? So I just want to remind you, we don't need to live in fear of God's retribution every time we mess up or do something wrong. Because that, that, does, that takes all the joy out of our faith. Becoming more like Jesus is a a daily process. But that's not an excuse. Because when we mess up, we pray. What did we just read in Hebrews? We ask for forgiveness. We turn away from sin. We ask for help from a trusted believer if we need it. And we remember that he is a God of grace and mercy. This makes the Christian life a joy. Not a burden. Man, people say all the time, I don't want to be a Christian. I can't follow all those rules and regulations. It's not about that. It's about serving a God that loves us more than we can imagine. It's about little by little changing, becoming different, becoming more like him, becoming weirder as we move along the path to full devotion. Just remember, you got this. God wants us to be encouraged. When we struggle, we approach him and say, look, I'm really having a hard time with this issue, Lord. Help me. Forgive me. And he's, okay, I'll help you. I forgive you. Jesus already did that for you. I'll forgive you. I'll help you. And the light of Jesus Christ can continue to shine, and we can live our Christian faith with joy. Because being a Christian is not a burden. It's a joy. And you got this. And if you struggle with anything that we talked about today in particular, let's talk about it. Talk to somebody that you trust. Start praying right now for forgiveness, for guidance, for help to turn and walk the other way. Jesus came. We may have life and have it to the full. And if you haven't made Jesus your Savior yet, it starts there, right? It starts there. The first step in being weird, right, (laughs) is to receive Jesus as your Savior. Do that. Do that first. Don't worry about getting it all perfect and then becoming a believer. No, 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 no. You don't have to clean yourself up first. You come to Jesus as messy as you are. That's why he died. If you haven't made the decision to follow him yet, today's the day. You at home, today's the day. Let us know. You here, let us know. Take a connection card out. Fill it out. Come to, Talk to one of us. Do something. You can be on that road. Be forgiven for whatever it is that you're facing right now. and Continue the path of full devotion. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. You say we can find grace and mercy and come before you. The, 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 the world that we live in is so full of evilness and, and wickedness and, and immorality and sin and, and we live in it but you allow us to live in it but that doesn't mean we participate we need to be different Lord you know the struggles we face we can imagine what they were facing in Ephesus and Paul went there and planted a church and he told them he told them walk in love Walk in love and don't participate in stuff you shouldn't participate in. Not even a hint, he says. Oh, that we can love like you love us. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be forgiven of our sins. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be different, to be weird in this society in which we live in. You can imagine what people thought of those early Christians in a city like Ephesus, can imagine not participating in temple worship, of Artemis, not participating in the, uh, the evil acts of the society around them, but being different. We know, Lord, that when this happens, you add to the number daily those who are being saved, and we live differently. I pray that you help us guide our eyes our ears our hearts our minds our conversations this week and when we struggle may we know that we can come to you and pray and ask for forgiveness and get to the other side of whatever that is thank you for your word I pray that it just penetrates our hearts it's in your son's name we pray amen why don't you stand let's close with the song today
0: We hope you found this week's episode relevant and encouraging. We just want to say thanks so much for taking time to listen. And if you'd like, please feel free to share it with a family member or a friend. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like more information about Cochrane Community Church, go online and visit ccubchurch.org. Well, that's all the time we have this week, but we would love for you to join us back here next week as we continue to see what it looks like to live a countercultural lifestyle for God. And from all of us here at Cochrane Community Church, we just want to say that we pray that God blesses your faithfulness. We'll see you back here next week.